Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Do you love it loud? Then plan to attend the Nashville Rock and Pod Expo, one-day event celebrating all things rock and roll. Over 20 rock podcasts from all over North America recording on-site. Panel discussions with producers that have worked with Ozzy, Slayer, Kiss, Y&T, Seven Dust, Dokken, and more. Celebrity signings and meet and greets with current and former members of Cinderella, Winger, Tora Tora, Collective Soul, Taiketo, The Monkees, with more to be announced. All that and record dealers slinging some sweet vinyl. The Nashville Rock and Pod Expo takes place Saturday, August 26th at the Music Valley Event Center. More information available at NashvilleRockandPodExpo.com as well as on Facebook. The Nashville Rock and Pod Expo. Feast your ears. Hey, it's Mark Striegel. Welcome to another edition of Talking Metal. We have some great guests today. Frankie Benelli from Quiet Riot, legendary drummer. We also have Chad Stewart and Ace Vaughn Johnson from Faster Pussycat. And joining me as my co-host today and the star of today's show, literally, because you did all the interviews, Emily Striegel. How are you? I don't think star would be the right word, but I definitely did the interviews. Yes, you did. I, w- I would say so. I mean, I, I haven't heard the Frankie one yet, but I heard the, the Faster Pussycat one. <laughs> I think I was, no offense to the guys, but I think I was more entertained by, by your antics well, during the I, interview. I don't really know what you're talking about there, but all I can say is I adore those guys. I love the Faster Pussycat Boys, and I missed them last time they were in New York City because I was sick. Remember I had that horrible... Yeah, right before M3. Yep. Yeah, and... Um, and then I was better by M3, but M3 was just such chaos. I barely got to catch up with them. So it was so nice to hang out with them, and I was really happy to see them. Yeah, very cool. And where did you see them at? 
I didn't Gold Sounds. Gold Sounds, yeah. So it's in Bushwick, Bushwick in Brooklyn. Yeah, it's in Brooklyn. It's a cool venue. It was like the second or third time I've been there. And it's, you know, on the small side, but it's in an area of Brooklyn that's kind of uh, becoming like the hip place to go. Right on. So we recently, last less than a week ago, we saw Iron Maiden's final night of the Book of Souls tour. What a great night that was out in Brooklyn, New York. We're headed back there tomorrow night for Queen. I wanted to give a special shout out to my old friend who I ran into there, Danny Lavecchia, great drummer of a great old school commercial metal band named Zon. And also Jerry. We finally met Jerry from Long Island. <gasps> Hi, in Jerry. Person. Jerry got his patches. I've got my patch he like right me, here. He bought me an IPA beer. He gave both Emily and I these cool official Iron Maiden Book of Soul patches, which were awesome. Thank you for those, Jerry. Thanks, Jerry. And Jerry, you know, brought up a good point, which I've heard a couple times through through the last year. A few people, more than a couple times, a few people have mentioned that it'd be cool that if we started having younger bands on, like you know, and I'm not talking you know 18 year olds. I'm talking emotionless and why you know even in this moment who are younger than me, you know, and. Uh, we had but Chris. you used to have in this moment yeah. on here all the time. Yeah, I mean, he Jerry mentioned uh, Bullet for My Valentine. I think who we used to we used to have them yeah. on. We had them on numerous times. Yeah, and I guess I'm I'm just putting a survey out there. I did this on Facebook today. I've kind of in the last two to three years kind of made the choice to steer this podcast. Remember, we're 12 years in now, guys. To steer this podcast, to just do the people from my youth for the most part or at least people who are associated I mean Faster Pussycat not from my youth but that's a band from my youth uh, or my younger days at least and Emily's younger days Uh, so I, I kind of made a choice to just stick with the classic hard rock commercial hard rock and heavy metal music but I'm open for it because you know we had Trivium on like a year ago and it did gangbusters it was so so well received um, that it was it was great to, to reach some younger ears so I don't know I'm, I'm wondering what you guys think you can hook hook, uh, hook up with me on Facebook send me a comment and let me know if you want to hear younger bands um, you know you can hit me up on Twitter at, at talkingmetal.com and or even an email, which is a mark at talkingmetal.com. Cool. Let me know what you think. Let me know who you want to hear specifically on this podcast. I want to know who you want me to interview. I'd love to hear your suggestions. Cool. And anyways, two great interviews today. Let's get into some brand new Quiet Riot. They are back. They have a brand new singer, a guy who was on the podcast rec- not probably less than a year ago. And his cell phone cut out <laughs> it was kind of an awkward interview and that's how the uh the interview ended his his name is james durbin right emily james durbin he was from american right. idol he's the guy who jammed with halford and and zach on, on american idol back probably at this point four or five years ago um or more who knows time's going by so fast so he's the new singer great voice on this guy he's the new singer of quiet riot they've obviously been through a lot of singers since kevin dubrow even since the documentary that they put out a few years ago, which is a great watch uh, called Now You're Here and There's No Way Back. Definitely check that out. Frankie's wife, Regina, was, um, I believe, the director or producer of that. And she's she's great. And do you know, Emily, I recently did a promo. You know, I'm a promo producer in, in, in real life. And I did a promo for the movie Hook. Do you remember that movie, Emily Hook? It had... Totally. Uh, yeah, Robin young, Williams. Yeah, young Gwyneth Paltrow was even in it, one of her first movies... Uh, and Regina, Frankie's wife, is in that movie. 
Does she have a role or is she just yes, an she's extra? she's a mermaid. Oh, she's a mermaid. She doesn't say anything. But <laughs> I was on the IMDb thing uh, because I was trying. we were trying to figure out who was in the movie and how we could write a promo about people in the movie. And I was going through every name of everyone in there. Sure oh, enough, it's the same one who produced the great uh, documentary. Now you're here and there's no way back. Which is so good. We had so much fun watching that. Yeah. So she obviously started as an actress and... Uh, and yeah, you can see her in Hook as a mermaid. She's one of the mermaids, I think, that possibly kisses Robin Williams while he's submerged underwater. I think there's two or three mermaids that swim up to him, and, and he's she's one of them. So on that note, <laughs> let's get into some brand new Quiet Riot. This is a sound sample of Freak Flag off the, the new record. I encourage all you guys to go download this legally. It's currently on iTunes. This is a good song. And the thing I like about James's voice is he's not a Kevin Dubrow clone. You know, he's he's a very different sounding voice for the band. I think he does a great job and love the mask reference in this song. And they're really embracing what Quiet Riot is sound wise, imagery wise. And, uh, you know, and they're not putting a Kevin Dubrow clone in, in the in the in the position that the great Kevin Dubrow once was in. I think that's a good choice. Yeah, but he has to have the range. Yeah. I mean, that's the big thing, and he does, you know. He has absolutely insane range, this, yeah. this guy. I mean, I, I put him up there with, you know, I, we used to watch American Idol, and I, I never liked many of the singers. The two guys I liked were James Durbin and Adam Lambert. I know. And, Do you remember I won an American Idol pool I won five hundred bucks. I remember that, yeah. Because so you ha- we had yeah, to we had to that. put our names in, um, like after the second episode or something, and after the second episode, I knew Adam Lambert was going to win, yeah. and I was like the only. So I won but the he entire. Didn't win. Did he? Yeah, he, he came did. in second. No, oh, he, he came did. In second. I think he came in second. Yeah. Did Adam he? Lambert came in second. I think to some crazy country dude. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah go America. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think, although maybe I'm really? confusing it. Yeah, Wait, I don't no, think we James need to go. Durbin. I'm going to Google this right now because okay, how would I have it. won the pool? Because I definitely put him first. Maybe uh, I got the other people right. I don't know. But on that note, this is Freak Flag by Quiet Riot. Frankie Benelli on drums. Alex Grossi on guitar. Chuck Wright, who's been a longtime member of, of Quiet Riot, even played on some of the songs on Metal Health. It had Rudy Sarzo's picture on it, but I believe two of the songs, this uh, this guy plays bass on Chuck Wright. And um, who'd I miss? Frankie, Chuck, James, Alex. Yeah, Quiet Riot here on Talking Metal, followed by Emily Striegel's interview with Frankie.
So hello, Talking Metal listeners. This is Emily Striegel coming at you today, and I have on the phone with me Mr. Frankie Benali from Quiet Riot. How are you doing, Frankie? I'm doing great, Emily. Thank you for taking the time to, uh, to speak with me today. Awesome. I've really been looking forward to speaking with you about what's going on with Quiet Riot, specifically your upcoming release, the new album, Road Rage, coming out August 4th. I know all of our listeners are really looking forward to this. And uh, what can you tell us about the new album, the vibe, and what, what can we expect? Um, I'm really, really excited about this record. This will be the first, um, the first official Quiet Ride release that we're uh, doing via Frontiers Records since the 2006 um, release of um, Rehab, which we did with um, vocalist, the late, great Mr. Kevin Dubrow. And um, it's, uh, it's very much a Quiet Ride record. Um, I think there are tracks on it. You know, we didn't, we didn't go out to try to write a particular type of record or try to write a record that was a, a, uh, a copy uh, or, or heavily influenced by any of the records we've done in the past. But, you know, once I noticed, uh, once we finished writing the songs, uh, songs like Freak Flag and Wasted <clears throat> are very much in tune with with I think what what the fans expect of the older um, Quiet Riot sound or influence, uh, but then you have things like uh, Roll This Joint and uh, Can't Get Enough, Get Away, Still Wild, which are very very different from uh, from some of the things we've done in the past, and that is in tune with Quiet what Quiet Riot has always done. You know, we've always made records, um, and especially after after the success of Metal Health and Condition Critical and QR. Three, we always uh, continue to make music um, just so that we would continue to evolve musically, and uh, and this is no different in that regard. Very cool. So this features James Durbin on vocals, and a lot of people probably remember him as kind of the metal guy from American Idol back in the day. So I'm really interested to hear how you connected with James and how that's going. Well, it's interesting because when I first did the deal with Frontiers uh, last year, um, my first choice uh, to to come into Quiet Riot was uh, James. And at the time, James had just finished um, signing a contract to do a residency in Las Vegas, which was open-ended. Um, <clears throat> and I needed somebody to do uh, the record, but also to perform live. So at that at that point in time, he wasn't available. And uh, and my second choice, unbeknownst to me until I called him, uh, uh, could do the record, but had decided that he didn't want to tour anymore. He just wanted to stay in L.A. So that option uh, didn't work out. And I went with the third option, which ultimately didn't work. Um, but coincidentally, um, all of this happened at the time when James uh, became available again. Uh, so I sent him um, one of the one of the tracks, uh, just the music, to see what he could come up with, and he turned it around in one day. I wow. mean, he's really, really, he's really on top of it and really prolific, and he turned it around in one day with brand new uh, lyrics uh, and complete new melodies. And I said to myself, okay, yeah, this is going to work out great for the record. But um, what the the main reason I wanted to work with James is, uh, you know, I really didn't watch the American Idol uh, franchise. But I did watch him on it because he was the so-called metal guy, exactly. And he did such a yeah, he did such a phenomenal job with Judas Priest and then with Zach Wild uh, that I kept him in mind. I said to myself, you know, I, I think uh, I think this guy is going to do really really well. And what impressed me about him was his vocal range, 
which is similar to Kevin's. You know, Kevin had an incredible vocal range, all the highs, all the lows. Uh, and James has that quality about him. But at the same time, I didn't want a Kevin clone. So while he can sing the old catalog, he brings a lot of himself into it. And, and for me, that's a win-win. That is. That's exactly what I was going to say, is that it's refreshing that he has the range, which is rare, as we all know, but he isn't a mm-hmm. clone. He is not a clone, and, and I appreciate that. Is I mean, sometimes some of these bands, it works, right? I've seen a few bands with new singers, and it's like, wow, that person, that person, that person, really, person really know the old singer, but you don't always want to see that. And in this case, it's not, you know, he's definitely not a clone, so I'm, I'm really interested to see... Um, hear you know what he sounds like sounds like it was kind of perfect perfect storm yeah i you know i initially i went uh i went uh that route um with a series of singers um after after kevin dubrow's passing and and ultimately it just was never really um the right fit and never really worked um so i think this is the best of both worlds where the fans can get um a very very great version of the old material um yet have something fresh to listen to and uh and it's been a lot of fun we're booked all the way right now um into february of next year and uh it's everything at, at this point in time everything is great i saw that i saw you tw- Tweeted, I follow you on Twitter, I, uh, and I saw you tweeted out. You've been tweeting out those dates, and I'm looking for a New York date. I don't see one yet on there, but it seems like the dates are the dates are spread out. You're going to be adding more as we go, right? Yeah, we continue to add. As a matter of fact, um, in between in between interviews today, uh, I'm in touch with my agent, and I just finished accepting another date. So uh, it continues. You know, I've managed the band since 1993, so I see all aspects of it. I see it from from the creative artist side of it, but I also see it from uh, from the business side of it. And you know, there 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 is a business element to to music. I mean, that's why they call it music business, and I pay attention to both. Absolutely, and I got a little taste of that. Uh, Mark and I watched your documentary. Now you're here, and there's no way back. We wa- God, it's been at least a year. I mean, that's, that documentary's been out for a while. Um, it's been out two years now. Yeah, we, it seems like we watched it about a year ago, and it was really interesting to see that side of of you. You know, I don't think I was aware that you were. You know, you're you are in the music biz. You're not just a musician. You do the other side of it as well. So, what are the challenges that come along with that? You know, I don't play video games. I I never did. Um, I I never had any interest in it. Um, I don't party. You know, I mean, I I enjoy having a cocktail, but uh, but I'm not, you know, the crazy guy that I was in the 80s. And uh, I am very focused and I'm very dedicated to to Choir Riot. I'm very dedicated to the fans of Choir Riot. So I just try to do the best I possibly can for for all the guys in the band, uh, but also for all the fans. And, And that means you know, more often than not getting up at six o'clock in the morning because my agent is on the East Coast. So that's nine o'clock, you know, his time. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, my business day starts at six o'clock in the morning and often doesn't end until one or two a.m. That's just when I'm at home. And, uh, and it's a 24 hour uh, labor of love when I'm on the road. And so that kind of so you have an amazing work ethic. And the fact that James Durbin showed you he has a work ethic, the fact that he turned around that stuff so quickly for you shows you guys will probably work well together. And he's a funny guy too. That's that's the other thing about it. It's uh, is you know you saw the documentary and yeah. and uh, a big component of Quiet Riot, um, besides music, was comedy. You know, Kevin and I were were a comedic team uh, uh, to reckon with, and uh, and James has brought some of that. Um, 
back into the band. I mean, he's got the same energy level that Kevin has or yeah. had rather. Um, and, uh, but he's younger. So he brings, he brings a, a refreshing younger element into, into the old guys. Absolutely. And it will be interesting to see if he brings new listeners to quiet, right? Right. Because American Idol is an entity all of, you know, I, I'm not like a, I watched a couple seasons back in the way back in the day. I don't I don't think it's on anymore. I don't even know if it's still running, but they have their own fan base. So it'll be interesting to go to some of these quiet riot shows and see, are there some younger kids there? You know? Yeah, well, it's great because he does have he does have a very big fan base, um, which is which is something I appreciate. And he still continues to do you know solo things on his own um, outside of Quiet Riot when it doesn't interfere with the Quiet Riot schedule, which is something else I also endorse because everybody in the band has other outside interests, and as long as they continue to keep Quiet Riot as the priority, uh, I'm all for everybody doing uh, whatever it is that they want to do that makes them happy, uh, makes them creative, and and, uh, and adds to their uh, flow of income. Nice. That's really cool of you. And so, the, as I said before, the, the new album, Road Rage, comes out August 4th. Everything's wrapped up. But how, I'm, I'm curious as to how the writing process worked. I mean, because James probably wasn't involved from the beginning. You guys have probably been writing this for a really long time. Well, even before um even before we got the uh the deal with frontiers um i you know continue to write music i write with neil citron who's my writing partner and he's also um a grammy award uh winning engineer and he has engineered uh he engineered the 2006 rehab record with kevin he engineered my solo um record and he's engineered this particular record but we had already been writing even before um i signed the deal with frontier so most of the songs on this record um, are written by myself and Neil. The music yep. uh, was written by myself and Neil. And then Alex wrote uh, 100% of the music to one of the songs. And Chuck uh, was a co-writer on one of the songs with myself and Neil. So what I did is uh, I sent... James, um, all the original music, uh, with nothing else on it, just music. And, uh, initially just gave him a foundation and a blank canvas to write, um, lyrics, uh, all new original lyrics and melodies, which, which he did, uh, in rare form and, and, you know, rather quickly. So we were able to, to take those and, uh, and put them into our mixes and do the final mixes. And I, like I said, I could not be happier with the end result of, uh, of road rage. And he really stepped up to the plate. Um, as did Alex, Alex Grossi, uh, he has played some of the best and some of the most diverse guitar playing that I've ever seen him do, because I threw him a lot of musical, uh, curves, uh, that he had to, that were out of his comfort zone. Uh, and he really stepped up to the plate and did that. And then Chuck Wright's an amazing bass player. I've been playing with Chuck on and off since, uh, 1981, I think, um, wow. And he's just a ridiculously talented bass player. He's been, as you saw in the film, he's been in and out of the band more times than I can count. But I'm just really happy that he's been with us since 2004 um, and uh, an incredible bass player uh, and uh, an incredible uh, performer live as well. Well, I'm really excited to uh, hear the new music from you guys and to, to hopefully see you guys live if you get some dates, at, some more dates. I saw one in Pennsylvania. I'll go to PA for you guys. It's been a while. Last well, time, I, yeah. If, if, you, if you find a date that you want to uh, come to, you and your friends will be my guests. Awesome. I love that. Okay. I'm definitely taking up on that now. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, so I read a, I have to ask you a question about a headline 
I read that caught my eye recently about Over the Mountain, Ozzy Osbourne. Mm -hmm. Okay, our dog's name is Ozzy, if that gives you any idea of my (laughs) love. He's he's laying right next to me right now. Um, So I I love the story, and I know you probably are getting tired of telling it already because you probably told it to a number of people at this point, but our listeners need to hear this if they haven't heard it about uh, Randy, and I kind of want to hear the whole spiel. Do you mind sharing it with us again? No, I don't mind at all. And, and, and again, there's, there's, you know, some, some, um, some of the so-called, um, fans out there are making it a much, a much bigger story or controversy than it really is. Um, the bottom line of the situation was that when Randy left Quiet Ride in 1979 to go play with Ozzy, um, Ozzy was trying to put a band together, <clears throat> excuse me, out here in LA. And so I got a call from Randy. I was living in my apartment in West Hollywood and I got a call from Randy and he said, Frankie, you want to, you want to go play with Ozzy? And I said, the guy from black Sabbath. And he goes, yeah. And I said, um, sure. <laughs> so we got together and he, I mean, you know, you know well, what else was I doing that week? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so went down to this rehearsal studio, Mars rehearsal studio. And, uh, and we rehearsed for about a week. Um, and oddly enough, the bass player, involved in the situation who was the one who who got Randy in touch or got Ozzy in touch with Randy uh, was Dana Strum yes. uh, later from Slaughter. Exactly. So we did about a week's worth of rehearsals and it was great and a lot of the, the riffs um, that Randy was bringing into the situation. I think some of, some of them were new things. Some of them were parts of Quiet Riot songs, uh, and some were parts of Quiet Riot songs that were never used. Um, and, you know, I'm a huge John Bonham fan, and one of my favorite, you know, um, things to play is, is what I call, you know, the typical John Bonham triplet, which I was putting into every song I possibly could at the time. Yeah. Uh, and, and we worked on, on one of the songs, which eventually, uh, became that song. Um, and, uh, and I, I did the triplet there. I mean, I think the Dana, you know, obviously Randy's gone. Um, I don't know where Ozzy stands on this, uh, to date. Um, but you know, I think Dana would probably be able to verify this. Um, but as it turned out, um, they could only take one person over to England. They decided to record in England instead of LA and the choices obviously took Randy and the rest is history. Um, and, uh, and Bob Daisley plays, uh, an intro that's very similar. It's not the same as what I play, but it's very similar and it's still based on a triplet. And I know that Lee is also a John Bonham fan. So, you know, I know that Ozzy had a, a little ghetto blaster cassette tape recorder and he was recording everything we were doing. Um, how it ended up, how it ended up, up that we both were playing um, similar triplet patterns and it ended up on the record, uh, you know, who knows? Uh, I'm not going to deny the fact that I, that I did it and I played it. Exactly. Uh, and, and my motivation is nothing other than, than historic and to set the record straight because I'm more well known for the intro to Metal Health, the intro to Come On, Feel the Noise, and the drum intro to the wild and the young. Yeah. So I really don't make, you know, don't have to make claims to something that happened, you know, almost 40 years ago exactly. uh, to make it's... myself more, more well-known and, and famous. So there's no controversy. I mean, you know, yeah. uh, Lee Kerslake has his opinion and I love Lee Kerslake. I think he's a great bass player and a, and a great lyricist. And I know Lee and Lee is an incredible drummer and I, I was a big Uriah Heap fan. So, and we know each other. So there's really no controversy. There's there's uh, there's nothing but just setting the record straight. Exactly, and it's just a good story. And I 
I, I glom on to any time I hear a, a Randy Rhodes story. I mean, I think all of us just, we had so, su- such little time with him, you know, that like any story from back in the day that he's involved in, I'm always just like, oh, tell it again, tell it again. I want to hear it. I mean, but you don't <laughs> have, yeah, go ahead. Well, it's funny because, you know, he was, he was this tiny little guy, the greatest guitarist, as far as I'm concerned, of, of our generation, one of the sweetest guys on the planet, but he had a much lower voice than, than when, when, uh, <laughs> when you look at him, what you would expect. So when he called me up that morning, uh, Frankie, <laughs> Randy, <laughs> you know, it was, uh, it was like that. He was, um, he was one of the greatest human beings on the planet, one yeah. of the greatest human beings on the planet and gone way, way too soon. Who knows what he would have, uh, what he would have accomplished. You know, a lot of people don't know that the choir ride song Thunderbird was not written about Randy dying. Kevin wrote that song about Randy leaving uh, Quiet Riot, and Randy was scheduled to come in and play guitar on Thunderbird. It wasn't wow. until after Randy, yeah, it wasn't until, uh, until after Randy passed away that Kevin uh, rewrote the last verse to reflect that, uh, and uh, and that's how that song came about. But a lot of people don't know that he uh, was going to come in and play on Thunderbird. That's an amazing story. I had no clue, and I, I mean. Did Kevin talk about his departure from Quiet Riot much? I mean, I've always kind of wondered if that was I, I haven't read much about I mean, maybe it's maybe there's information out there about his feelings about when he did leave. Well, you know, um Randy recommended me to Kevin um when uh when he left to go play with Ozzy after after he heard me play um that you know that week's worth of rehearsals he you know he called Kevin Kevin told me that Randy called him up and he goes you got to get you got to get you know Frankie to play drums he's got that that big sound is how he put it to Kevin and Kevin related it to me and also Rudy Sarzo told Kevin uh when he was leaving to go also play with Ozzy uh to get me because uh, Rudy and I have been best friends since 1972 so we had 10 years of play together on and off before we recorded the mental health record. But Kevin's feelings on it, you know, he was initially hurt and disappointed uh, because he and Randy were best friends and were really, really close. He was, he was Randy's biggest fan, without a doubt, hands down. Kevin Dubrow was Randy's biggest fan. So you can imagine, mm-hmm. you know, the, the sense of not betrayal, but the sense of loss. But that was balanced by the fact that, that Kevin also understood that Randy was so great that that version of Quiet Ride, after releasing two records only in Japan that did absolutely nothing, that Randy needed to move on and Randy needed to find the fame and success that, that he, you know, so richly deserved which he did, uh, albeit very, you know, for a very brief period of time. So, you know, uh, Kevin had those, those mixed emotions of, you know, disappointment and sadness that, that he lost, you know, a guitarist and his best friend to Ozzy Osbourne, but at the same time, excited and proud of, uh, of what he had accomplished. That's awesome. I love, I love hearing that. You do. You have to, you have to root for your friends, you know, if you know that they have a, a path that they're on and that's, the path for them, even if it's, you know, not your ideal situation, you have to root for them. So good, good for Kevin for that. Yeah. And the amazing thing is that, that, you know, after, after Randy left to go play with Ozzy, um, Quiet Ride ceased to exist for a couple of years and, and the band, um, evolved around Dubrow, you know, with the band was called Dubrow, which I played in, uh, from, almost its inception after Randy left and after Rudy left, but we were doing, we were doing a show, um, at the whiskey and Randy, 
and uh, and Rudy were on break from Ozzy, and they both came up on stage, and we did uh, and we did two songs with them. So amazing. Good stories, man. So when you when you do come out east, I'm definitely going to take you up on that. Mark and I will come check out a show. We'll bring our friends. We're really excited. Again, to all of our Talking Metal listeners, make sure you pick up Road Rage. It's out on August 4th. Where can everyone pick it up? Um, they can uh, they can order it uh, direct. There's a lot of portals. They can uh, order it directly from Frontiers. They can get it on Amazon. And uh, I will continue to do uh, email blasts and uh, promoting it on my Facebook page and Twitter. So it'll be very easy for you to find it. Awesome. I see you're pretty active on Twitter. I got to find you on Facebook as well. But thanks for thanks so much for your time today, Frankie. It was a blast talking with you. Looking forward to uh, seeing you hopefully this uh, fall or this summer. And um, thanks for coming on Talking Metal. Emily, thank you so much for taking the time and the support. I appreciate it. And uh, give my love to Mark. And I said the invitation stands. So you find uh, you find we're playing somewhere. Hunt me down, and you guys are on the list. <laughs> Will do. Thanks, Frankie.
That was Condition Critical, a song that we played on the podcast. Actually, I take that back. It wasn't a podcast. On the live radio show. Now, Frankie Benelli had called into the live radio show that John and I used to do, and then we would basically record that show and cut it up as a podcast. This is many, many years ago, six, seven years ago, when that was happening. And it was great. We had a Manhattan studio where we did it. Sometimes people would come down to the studio. It was so awesome. Um, we've, we've fallen far since those days, but anyways, Frankie called up and we had a a male function that night where we didn't record the interview. So very few people heard this amazing interview. He gave John and I like a 40 minute interview where he talked about Randy. And I know you got to talk him, got him talking about a lot of that stuff too, Emily. But, um, uh, we we sent the hard drive out to some Talking Metal fan in Arizona who worked on restoring hard drives for the CIA, and he he couldn't even get it back. I remember that? Yeah, he couldn't even get it back, and and he was like, "Should I send the hard drive back to Bionic, the the studio where we recorded?" And I just said, "No, keep it." Uh, what a mess! But I'm so glad we finally, thanks to you, Emily, got a new uh, interview with Frankie Benelli. His second time on Talking Metal. His first time that more than 30 people are hearing the interview. I know. Yeah. But what a great guy, though. Seriously, I had so much fun talking to him. And we're definitely going to hook up with him when he comes into town. And how fun to hear the Randy stories. Yeah. I mean, I just, I can't get enough of it. You know? One of our early dates, uh, but long before we were married, was Quiet Riot, November, uh, September 11th, 2002. One day, one year after the attacks, Emily and I saw B. B. Kings. them at BB King's. That was with kind of what I'd call the classic lineup of Carlos, Rudy, Kevin, and... Uh, And Frankie, of course, that was a great night, though. Um, Good memories of that night. Condition Critical, the song we heard coming out of the interview. I know Frankie likes that because when we had him on the the, what was the live show, the lost interview, if you will, we played that coming into the song. And I remember or into the interview and I remember how psyched he was because he told me he loves that. And that drum part kicking into Condition Critical is absolutely insane. A true legend, Frankie Benelli, here on Talking Metal. Guys, um, support Talking Metal by using our Amazon links or PayPal donations. Those are coming in. I just had some vinyl sent to me, which I'm going to address by a Talking Metal listener, which I'm going to address in the very next episode of Talking Metal, where I play down your phone calls. Leave me a message today. This is this is a last call on voicemail messages because the next episode will have them. 973-757-1917 is the number to call. That's 973-757-1917. Wanted to mention every Friday on TalkingMetal.com, we have good new music. As you know, when I was a kid, when Emily was a kid, the new music came out on Tuesdays. Now it comes out on Fridays, if you've happened to been asleep for the last 15 years. Um, it comes out on Fridays now, guys. And every Friday morning, go to TalkingMetal.com, and we tell you, you know, there's hundreds of releases that come out every day. We tell you what the good ones are that you should listen to. Uh, Victor Ruiz and Joe Beck, of course, helped me out with that. Sometimes I do it myself. Sometimes those guys do it. And we sometimes we all team up and put it up together. Good new music every Friday on TalkingMetal.com. 
Uh, on that note, let's get in to a little faster pussycat. This is Bathroom Wall, followed by your interview conducted when? On two nights ago. Two nights I ago from the time we're recording it. So that was like to 20, let's 26. 27th. 26? 20, no, it was 25th, 25th. 25th. July 25th, 2017 in New York City in the outer borough of Brooklyn. Here is... A little faster pussycat, bathroom wall, classic stuff here, followed by Emily's interview with Chad and Ace from Faster Pussycat. They don't necessarily play on this song, Bathroom Wall, but they are a big part of the band nowadays and uh, part of the the, the legacy, for sure, of, of Faster Pussycat. So here we go. Emily Striegel from Talking Metal coming at you from Gold Sounds in Brooklyn, New York City. And I'm sitting on the tour bus here with 
the boys from Faster Pussycat. I've got Chad Stewart and Ace Von Johnson. How are you guys doing today? We're all right. How are you? Awesome, because I'm going to see you guys play in about how many minutes here? Yeah, long enough. <laughs> Just getting revved up. How are you, Ace? I'm still breathing. How are <laughs> see, you? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Last time I saw you guys was at M3. And man, that show? that was an interesting show, and I, I got to catch up Why, with the what Ace. Happened? What happened there? <laughs> if if I can remind you guys what happened, um, Tammy fell ill basically the day of the show. Day before, yeah, day before he fell ill with uh, what we thought was pneumonia. Now, uh, no, it was something a bit more serious. But he's on the mend, and he's back with us. So we made it through the show. We had some special guests at M three. Came out, helped out, and uh, you know now we're back out on tour. You helped summer. out. I did. What? Well, indeed. It was so fun to see you sing a few. You sang a couple songs, right? Didn't you I kick did. everything off? I did indeed sing a couple songs. What'd you sing? Uh, we did "Slip the Tongue" and "Cat House," and uh, maybe I think I did one more. But then we had all our special guests. We had Jason McMasters from Dangerous Toys and Sheriff from Vixen, and my good buddy Ted Poley came out. And to help us close everything out. And, uh, you know, it was a good time. Yeah, it was so awesome. I know I already talked about this. So people who heard my interview with Ace at M3 already heard me gush about the fact that it was, like, so special to see everyone just well, come I'm up. I'm glad that's the way it came across. I'm glad that's how everybody thought about it because, you know, we don't cancel, clearly, no matter what. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's... Well, yeah, I mean, we, we... Okay, let me rephrase that. We very rarely cancel. Yeah. Um, and if we were, could, we were there, and if we could, I would, we would rather play than not because we wanted to do something for the fans. So hopefully it turned out okay. I think it did. So it was cool, as I said, to see you sing. You sing, you play drums. You have a side project that I didn't know about that my husband, Mark, who runs the podcast, loves, Motor Christ. Yep. Do you sing in this project? I what do, do you do? I do. I play sing. I play drums. We, it's, Motor Christ is a lot like Kiss. We all sing and play. Lead, you know, it's we've all we're all lead singers, we're all writers, so it's an equal band across the board. And so, yeah, I've got that. And then Ace and I just have joined the Reform Throbs. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> that is also happening, Sweetheart and Danny and Ace and I. Uh, and we've got one show under our belt, and the next one coming shortly, the end of September with Kicks in Denver. Oh, so cool. yeah, the Throbs and Kicks should be a fun show oh at my Wolfpack. I saw Kicks for the first time at M3, and I almost died. They were so good. Yeah, they're good. They're really good friends of ours, so it just that all worked out good. Danny's from Maryland, so he's known him all his life. Oh, I didn't know so that. So, yeah, so. Yeah, Dan, and Danny used to be a New Yorker. I was just talking to him inside for a little that's bit about. The thro- that's where the throbs came from. Exactly. So, But Sweetheart transplanted as well, so yeah. it just made things easier to keep kick it on the west coast now exactly no, i was sad to miss out on that show but you got to play something east coast you have oh, nothing I'm planned sure, yet i'm sure we will we don't have a plan yet we're still uh maneuvering faster dates for the rest of the year we've got a lot of stuff coming up so because you know throbs were they're kind of legendary you know in the rock here. circle here in new york here in new york yeah exactly exactly uh, you, get, you get a lot of people out yeah 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 so we're gonna do something but we want it to be special we don't want it just to be a thrown together thing so we're gonna take some time and promote it and make it the right thing yeah, exactly. Very cool. You're going to do it at Goal Sounds out in Brooklyn? Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> you know, the clubs in, in, in Manhattan are few right few now. They're, they're just few and far between. It's really hard to find a rock club in, in NYC and, and nowadays. Yeah. So we're going to do our best. Yeah. Maybe we'll do a few. Maybe we'll do a few shows. Yeah. 
if it you know if it's popular and people want to come out it may be you know because cold sounds holds what not even 100 people yeah so yeah it's small so you know maybe we'll have to do maybe we'll do multiple nights at different venues yeah what about writing anything new with the throbs yep that's gonna happen too isn't it oh yeah what's going on yes yes (laughs) i love Uh, yes i don't you're asking the wrong guy i don't know (laughs) yeah we'll do it we'll do some we'll do some new music maybe have some Gilbiness on it and yeah. all that. Cool. Oh, right. Gilby played at the Whiskey Show, right? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. What did he do? He came out for a couple songs? He came up and he played uh, second guitar on a couple of Ramones songs. And uh, yeah. Now, who's he like close with in your crew? Everybody? Yeah, everybody. I mean, he, we, they, everybody's, they're all, you know, Tammy and Gilby have known each other for years. Danny and Gilby have known each other from years from when they used to come out and play the scrap bar and stuff for Kill for Thrills and for uh, Candy. Back, back, yeah, back in the day. Well, that's a very good question, Ace. Yeah, ask <laughs> so, Chad, this is your first time on Talking Metal. Ace has been at least a couple times at this point. Um, but we, so I've never had the chance to interview and you know, ask you about kind of your roots and where you came from and like other bands you've played with. Okay. Now, you did, you played, have you played with LA Guns and Enough's Enough yep. or just LA Guns? Or, you played with Enough's Enough. LA Guns, Enough's Enough, Bang Tango for a short bit, Pretty Way Floyd for a very short bit. Oh, my God. Uh, Gilby I've played with for years I'm still in and out with him uh, Love Hate uh, who oh else God. yeah uh, yeah pretty much oh I, r- I ran the gamut pretty much <laughs> he was in Wasp for yeah I was in Wasp no, for like yeah I was yes I was oh uh, that's so funny I, wait, wait, I just on this show we're gonna have Frankie Benali I told you and he was in Wasp too so we've got two Wasp <laughs> oh I forgot he was I yeah. think I asked him about that and he was in Fast didn't he do a, he did a song on the boat didn't he sure did yep Yep, did Frank. He get up and do- yeah, he sure <laughs> did. He did Cat House. He did Cat House. Yeah, guy, yeah, man. he's great. And you guys have the the common denominator of also manage. You manage Faster Pussycat, and he manages Quiet Riot. Correct. So you're kind of Type A personality too, huh? Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's the drummers that are always the managers. Cause you kind of kind of be an octopus and have all all eight arms working at once. Yeah, it's it's a lot sometimes, yeah. but we we make it go. We make it go. That's cool. Uh, I know last time I talked to Ace, I asked a little bit about any writing stuff. I know you guys are sick of hearing this question about Faster Pussycat. I'll ask a different type of question. Uh, appetite <laughs> appetite for hysteria? Appetite for hysteria. Chinese Democracy Mach 2. Say that again. Chinese Democracy Mach 2. <laughs> Chinese mo- Chinese, <laughs> Chinese <laughs> a mockery. Yes. Chinese Correct. a mockery. I, I was going there. I was trying to figure that joke out. It was in there somewhere. Are funny. So here's a different type of question. If you, you guys have done some different types of stuff, you've done glammy stuff, you've done kind of sleaze rock stuff, you've even done you know some more like industrial type. You had an album that was kind of industrial-ish. Ish, ish. What would you? Yeah, I mean, not ministry right. like industrial, but ish, you know. it had tinges of it. Yeah, yeah. sure. If you were going to change direction and do something different, what would it be? Well, I think we have changed direction, wouldn't you say, Ace? A, a, a little bit. Yes, we have changed to one direction. <laughs> mm, at mockery speed. Mockery yes. speed. <laughs> yeah, at the at, at the speed of twenty-one pilots. <laughs> These jokes are for people under twenty-five, just to clarify. That would um, not be me. I think we've kind of gone back to everybody's roots, and maybe also gone back a little bit before, even before the first Pussycat record, to what. The, the music that Tammy dug um, that made him want to write those songs in the first place. So we've kind of taken a combination of what Danny grew up on and what Ace grew up on and what I grew up on and kind of got in a room and flushed them th- and what are some through of those the influences? Cooper. 
Alice Cooper, New York Dolls, Ramones, more modern, probably Turbo. There's definitely some Turbo Negro in there. Nice. Uh, T Rex. There's a lot of the Bowie. There's a lot of cool. a lot of elements. Um, and Gilby is producing. Um, so we've also had his influence in on this as well. And you know he's done a thousand things. So it's it's kind of an amalgamation of all that together at this <laughs> point. Um, where we have left it sounds really good we're all really happy with it yeah. um, now that Gilby's involved it's kind of taken on a, t- a whole new life cool. and now that he's feeling better um, it, it, I kinda, I'm kind of glad that we've waited because he's starting to you know he's quit smoking and, and but, but <laughs> exactly huge. it's huge. huge so yeah huge. so I'm glad we, I'm kind of glad we waited because um, I think it's going to make the world a difference that's awesome. That's good news. When you're not on the road, I heard through the grapevine that you know how to cook some shit. I, I do know how to cook some shit. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about sh- Chef Chad. Uh, well, Chef Chad isn't really a chef. He's more of a... Mixologist. Well, I'm a, I do do that. Yeah, I make drinks and I, and come up with recipes. My best friend, John Arakaki, uh, has a chain of restaurants. Well, not really a chain. It's three or four restaurants in L.A. called St. Felix. There's a few locations of it in the powder room as well. And I've helped with the menu there. I we have the LA's two years ago. It was voted best Mer, uh, Bloody Mary in really? in LA. I came up with that. Ooh, um, I want to know. Oh, you can't tell your I secret. Cannot tell my secret. But if oh, you come there. You can have one. Okay. Uh, we're actually getting ready to bottle the mix, so the mix will be available oh. uh, across the United States here shortly. So yeah. So I do that that's when I'm home. When I'm home, that sweats where I am. How do you even get a distribution do- deal for something like that? It's a lot of work, turns yeah, out. <laughs> but you got the management skills. Taking you got about, the skills. Taking about three years to get together, but we finally. That's uh, awesome. And a That's lot of really cool. a lot of cooks in the kitchen, but we're we're working it out. I'm buying it. I'm buying it all. Cause do you know what I do? This is disgusting. I take V8. And I literally just pour vodka in it. Is that gross? Yeah, that's absolutely horrifying. I, that's what I do. Well, that's actually uh, that's actually how I came up with doing this in the first place. I hate tomato juice, but I love spicy stuff. So it made no sense that I wouldn't like Bloody Marys, except for the fact that I don't like the taste of tomato juice. So is I it mean, a mix spicy? Uh, so one of them is, yeah. Is it spicy? It is. One of them is, yes, ma'am. Spicy I can't say that. Spicy what? Oh, never mind. You guys don't do the spicy talk. All right, never mind. Um, so do you have a special, like, when you do cook, though, do you have a specialty dish, or is it really just mixology that's uh, your thing? No. I, I mean, I cook a lot of stuff. I don't know that there's any one thing, particular cuisine that I'm more apt at than another. But, uh, yeah, I kind of dabble in everything. Do you cook for the guys on the bus? I do. Actually, we've got do? A, oh, we've got a whole set of stuff underneath no, that brand. Don't. Oh, yeah, we do. Well, what do you make got, on the bus then? Got, well, it all depends. We've got crock pots and skillets and panini machines, and Shit. we have a we have a grill underneath the bus. Are and you kidding me? Days off, we are you know, out in the backyard. Oh, like charcoal grill? Oh yeah, out in the backyard making making drinks and. <laughs> that scares me though. Don't put right. that thing under the bus when it's still hot. No, you don't do that. You have oh, to be right. smarter than the charcoal, apparently. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> all you need is like, I feel something hot, and uh, you got a fire under the bus. Yeah, we're good. We're we're not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. I'm excited for you guys. I know I don't want to take up too much of your time because you guys have a busy night ahead of you, but I'm um, excited to hear you guys play tonight. Where are you off to next? Do you even know? Probably not. I do. Uh, I don't know. Chad knows because he's the man- manager. for New York tomorrow up by Albany. Nice. And how long does the tour go? Not 
short enough. <laughs> it goes through uh, mid-August, and then we go to the UK to do the Hard Rock Hell Festival with Love Hate, oh, yes. and we've got uh, five or six dates over there, and then we start a full European tour with Mr. Big and The Answer uh, October 26th, and that goes through up to almost up to December. Holy shit. So you guys, I haven't seen you guys do an EU, t- like a tour of Europe in a while. How long has it been? Haven't. Uh, one of this size we've never d- done. I mean, yeah. they, they haven't done since back in the day. So, yeah. That'll be fun, though. Yeah. Are you excited about that, Ace? Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. On that note, I hope you guys rock it tonight. Good Thanks. luck on the rest of your tour. Good luck Thank in you. Europe. And everyone, check out Faster Pussycat. Check out online. Um, where can they find tour dates? Where's the best place to find tour dates? Our Facebook page, probably. Uh, Facebook's good. Or there's a hosting site called bandsintown.com. So bandsintown.com slash fasterpussycat. Or our Twitter, which is at fasterpussycat. Or our uh, uh, Friendster account, which is always good, which is hashtag HTTP. No, I'm kidding. That was a joke <laughs> for people under the age of 25, you said? We're all around that age. <laughs> okay, Check thanks, guys. See you next time. Bye. Thanks for being on Talking Metal. Bye.
What you just heard was Emily's interview, that song right there, The Power and the Glory Hole. Emily, thanks so much for doing this with us here on Talking Metal. I love it. I love, love, love it. I'm glad you guys are um, digging it, at least some of you. I hope so. Yes. Leave absolutely. your messages. Just don't leave mean ones. <laughs> yeah. No, leave the mean ones. I like to hear the mean ones too. Yeah, which reminds me, you leave comments in the section, uh, in the comments section on talkingmetal.com for everything that we post. We're posting. If you troll me, I, I won't delete it. Okay, there you go. She's on Twitter too at Emily Striegel. Um, and again, check the check the website and leave us a comment. Let us know what you thought of this Emily. Uh, of, let us know what you thought of this episode and Emily's interview stylings. Also, I do two other podcasts: Talking Rock. Subscribe to it on iTunes and Metal Raps. You can subscribe to both of those on iTunes and please leave reviews for those two podcasts and this one on iTunes. That's going to do it for today's episode, guys. Emily, thanks so much. Thank you. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.